You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Tonight we want to see what we can, you know, glean from where we started. And um, one scripture has just been ringing in my heart since Sunday. We'll touch it and then we'll go from there. First John 3 from verse 1. It begins to tell us, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Behold, hallelujah. The word behold is aha, surprise, look. Praise the Lord. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we, should be called children of God. You see, we live in a world where words really don't mean much. But you see, with God, words mean everything. When God said, let there be light, it was not a joke. Do you understand? Light had to be. Are you following me? When God said, let the waters be separated, that's how come we have the oceans and we have solid ground. Praise God. When God said, let the sea be filled with creatures, that's what brought shark, whale, crayfish, all of them, crabs. Do you understand? So when God says, you are my child, something has happened. Are you with me? Behold, what manner of love. He didn't have to call us children. He could have called us specimen A. Do you understand? He could have called us first-class creatures. He didn't have to call us children. You know what children mean. You know, and joyful noise, hundred of them here are here, you know, singing and doing what they're doing. Wherever the parent is seated, he's not seeing all the hundred. He's just seeing the child. You know why? All those ones are joyful noise, but he or she has what? A child that is there. The Father, creator of the heavens and earth, said, you are not my creation. You are more than that. He said, you are my child. If we stop now and you go home and meditate on that, like what our sister says, the Father will take care of everything his children are going through. Behold, what manner. He was not compelled to. He wasn't compelled to. It's love that provoked it. It's a pronunciation of love. He looked at us and said, you will be my child. The point I'm trying to make is, it's not an empty word. Now, I understand legally in our system, now in the system we're pregnant, you can disown your natural children. But you know what? You can disown an adopted child. Did you ever know that? Oh, you didn't know. Because you can't go to them and say, I'm adopting a child. Then when the child grows and the head is going one side, you go back to them and say, please, I don't want to adopt this one again. Take this one back. Come. It's not allowed. You can't disown an adopted child. You can't. Praise God. Now, so I want you to appreciate that God conferred on you. So when Psalm 149 begins to say, this honor have all the saints. They know what they're talking about. There is a right to being a child of God. There is a privilege to being a child of God. Praise God. There is power to being a child. There is an exclusivity. And let me help you please. Nothing else should gladden the heart 
of a born-again Christian than that he or she is a child of God. It should make you walk with your head high. This is where some of these false teachings weaken our faith. Because some of these teachings make it that if you don't have something plus your Christianity, there is no place you see, behold, what manner of love that God has made believers to be rich. You don't see that. Because in him, all things so if he has given you himself, as we are going to learn as we continue, what else? It says, he that did not withhold his only son, but gave him up freely for you and I. Say, how shall he not with him freely do what? Give us all things. You see where things, things are coming from the realm of comparison. And somebody came to church tonight and you're under intense pressure. I want you to compare it with what God has done. And see that you have no right to carry that burden home. He that did not withhold. Praise God. It's like saying somebody, you have a relation, you know, who lives in Nigeria, lives in the U.S. And you met him, you need accommodation. He has a house in Guagua Karim. And you're begging him, I'm desperate for accommodation. And the person has already given you a house in New York. Are you going to be calling him wicked? If he doesn't give you the Guagua Karimu house, what are you going to think immediately? He wants to give me my tama. Because the one he gave me in Queens Drive, New York, can buy half of my tama. Do you understand? You see, it's comparison. Praise God. Because you see, the temptation that we face as believers is a temptation of one thing. If we go to the temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to see everything you and I go through as children of God is drawn from that temptation. And this, this, the serpent, or rather Satan said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, the temptation is not so much the hunger. The temptation is, are you sure you are a son? Are you sure he loves you? Are you sure he's with you? Now, when you understand some of the things, you will know that you know that you know that what? He's yours and you are his. Okay, so when that song, hallelujah, Jesus is mine. Hallelujah, I am his own. You see, it brings a security. Immediately, your circumstances may not have to change, but your perception changes. There's something, you know, one thing that always comes to my mind every time. How many of us, you know, did literature and did, there's one book, whether the name of the book was Tom Sawyer, it was Tom Sawyer that wrote the book. Tom Sawyer wrote the book about one boy that was given punishment to paint a fence. Do you remember the story? You know, I'll tell you the story I remember. I didn't do literature, but that one I remembered. It. So this little boy, I think he was an orphan or something. So, but he was given punishment, okay, to paint you know, they called it a whitewash a fence. So while he was whitewashing this fence, the other children who were more, you know, privileged were playing in the field. So he was whitewashing. But he was whitewashing it and whistling and singing. Okay? So he was doing the punishment of painting the fence and was whistling and singing. He would dip, you know, the brush into the bucket and just be doing it and be playing fully and, you know, just enjoying it. You know, at the end of the story, the children stopped playing their soccer. They lined up and they were paying him to paint in turns. They lined up 
and paid him to serve his punishment. You know why? His perspective of the punishment converted them. Tell your neighbor, when your perspective changes, then you will know that these light afflictions, they work for you a far heavier word, weight of glory. It is perspective. Most of the Bible is perspective. It's where you look at it from. I think Pastor Chris, you mentioned on, on Monday again. He said, where you look at things, he said, even as terrible as Lagos is, when you look from above and you see those small ways where they're packed, you think it's beautiful. It's when you come down that you see it's chaos. Perspective. He said, count it all what? Joy. When you fall, you see, it's, it's perspective. Hallelujah. And perspective is about position. So you look at it as a son. You look at it as someone who is going to exist forever. You know, so behold, you know, it was so strong. I said I had to church. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we, you, sister, you, brother, should be called a child of God. Okay? Praise the Lord. On Sunday, we stopped at 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So our Heavenly Father knows we're still here. Our Heavenly Father knows that things are going to go on. And what is his way, what is his means of preserving us and keeping us and making sure that everything is all right with us? First John 5 verse 4, it says, let's read together everybody. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Five says, who is he that overcomes the world but he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. Okay, so this is the victory that has overcome the world. It says, is our faith. Now we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. That's still taking us to perspective. Praise God. That's still taking us to perspective. So there is a way children of God look at things that confuses the world, that overcomes the world, that makes the world not to be able to stop us. There's a way we operate. We, we are different. You know, the first John 3, one we looked at, says we're different. The world does not know us because it doesn't know the Father. So one of the things you and I must accept here as children of God, it's, uh, we're looking at the benefits of the twice born. But one of the things you must settle here is that being born again means you have to be different now. Isn't it? You have to be completely different. First John 3, we looked at, said the world doesn't know the Father. And then the world will know us. So we can be interpreted. The Bible says those of us that are spiritual, we can judge all things. But we are also not. We, are not, we can't be judged by anyone. We are different. So say to yourself, I'm different. My parameters will be different. What is good news to me and what is bad news to me will also be different. I'm different. This is the victory that overcomes the world, my faith. And the Bible says the just shall what? Live by faith. So there's something the word of God is saying to us there. And we'll go on. There's an angle to that, but I want to leave that for today where the Bible tells us about the world, the world we are overcoming. I'll mention it in passing. 
And um, but we'll look at it in details at some more appropriate time. First John two fifteen to seventeen tells us about the world because each time I looked, I said to the Lord, "What is this world we're overcoming?" He gave me an insight. He said, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." Fifteen sixteen. For all that is in the world, see all that the world contains: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but one is of the world. Seventeen. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he that does the will of God abides forever. So we can say quickly, you know, we take from here not to spend time there. He that is born of God abides forever. So he outlives circumstances. He outlives situations. He outlives insults. He outlives revilings. He outlives everything. He, when all is said and done, those things pass away and he's standing. <laughs> Hallelujah. When all the storm is over, he that is born of God is still standing. But the world has gone. Your peace is still there. In fact, your character is even better. You're sweeter. Do you understand? Why? Because you outlive it. All that is all that is in the world is what? Passing away. Even the devil is passing away. Do you know that? The Bible says it has a short time. Praise the Lord. And for many, let me tell you, for us, one of the things I told, you know, my wife, this, um, whether it was that Sunday or Monday, I said, listen, woman of God, you're growing in the faith. So it's not the way God responded to you before he responded. He expects you to take some stands of faith. Praise the Lord. There are some things that when the enemy brings it to you, God will look at it. Huh? Check. Assistant pastor. Yeah. I beg, go. The devil, just go and try her. What is it? And then you're there vibrating, shaking. The angels will be saying, are you not a woman of God? You see, there's a difference between a girl of God. And do you understand? You see, they're great. So some things God would have, you know, shielded from you. Don't we raise children? A few years ago, I asked us here, if you have a six-year-old that comes back from school and is crying, and say, what happened? A boy, what happened? He said, Elizabeth beat me, Elizabeth beat me. Okay, you can understand. Twelve-year-old, he comes back. Say, what's happened? He said, Lucy beat me. What will you do? Uh-huh. Six-year-old, I can understand. But 12-year-old, Lucy is beating you. I think you need to be beating. What has happened is that your level has changed. So what the father permits for you to overcome is going higher. They are raising the jump that you have to jump. So when some things come, just ask yourself, which, which rank am I in the kingdom? When you remember your rank, you now know that, ah, this is my match. I told us here how I was, my perspective in life changed when I realized that if I went to, into boxing many years ago, it's Tyson I'll be fighting. You know, I just, I realized that by my weight, I was super heavyweight. So, you know, I, I adjusted some things about myself. Do you understand? Many of us that are seated, you're thinking, you know, something happened. You go and, and knock at the door, it doesn't open. No, heaven expects you. To not just, the door won't open. They expect you to pray so that the whole place will crumble. So that you alone will not just have access. But people who are around you will have victory because of you. Because you're a commander. Do you understand? This is a relationship. 
Whatever is born of God can outlive whatever the world brings. So sometimes, you know, there are seasons where the thing comes immediately, it goes. There are seasons where they will shake you. People will call you and just heighten the panic. But at that moment also, they're expecting that you shall be like Mount Zion. That cannot, <laughs> hallelujah, cannot in spite of what comes his way. Okay, so we understand some of those things. We are born of God. This world is bare meat. Okay, it's bare meat. Things will come, things will happen. You know, news will come. All manner of things will happen. But you overcome the world. He said, this is the victory world. Our faith. Our faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So we move from that quickly. I wanted us tonight to have something that can, you know, capture everything because trying to read them all one out we really can't finish that's what we learn every day the beauties of our god the marvelous things we have in this relationship the bible calls it the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints we can't finish it but one thing that stood out for me is access you see one thing you must never take for granted is that as children of god you see when a man says that is my child you know what that says? Secretary, PAO, protocol, whatever your name is called, when this person wants to reach me, what happens? All rules can be broken. All rules can be broken. As a child of God, one of the things that God wants us to understand is that we have access to him. And access almost means everything. King Ahasuerus in the book of Esther was not married to Haman. Haman was just an official. But you see, by nature of Haman's job, Haman had more access to him than the wife, Esther. And because of that access, Haman could tune the king and manipulate him. And when there was need to bring a change, the problem Esther had was access. And this is a king that has said, if anybody comes in, to see me without express invitation. If I don't respond, that's death. That was where the challenge was. But we know the story how Esther fasted and by faith went in. And the king granted him access. By that access, everything turned around against him. And listen, as a child of God, once you continue to have access to your father, no matter what the devil brings, it will work in your favor. It will work in your It doesn't matter. Just like that case happened. Access. And the father knows you have access. Did you know that we are told the account, you know, in the gospels, where Peter was walking towards Jesus and started to sink. Did you think Jesus could not stop him from sinking? He was sinking. And Jesus was still walking. And Peter was sinking. But Peter said what? Lord, save me. And what did the Lord do? He saved him because maybe he wanted to sing. Are you getting it? Access. Children, when you hear the word child, this is my son, this is my daughter, it's access, unqualified access. And that's the privilege that we have. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, we looked at Philippians 4 on Sunday as well. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. So as children... In fact, one of the reasons many of us parents scold our children is that they didn't bring a problem to us. Isn't it? 
It says, be anxious for what? Nothing. But in what? How many things? In major things. In, in serious things. In how many things? Everything. Do you know what it means, everything? Everything means everything. Only a father can give such access to you. You can't go to your boss with everything. Say, is that why I'm, is that why I'm employed? Get away from here. But to a father, from a child, everything. So he says, be anxious. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, this privilege is what you have as a child of God. You can go to him on how to go to him. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> that? You can pray to him to learn how to pray to him. Hmm? You can pray to him to tell him, Lord, I don't even understand why I'm not even praying to you. We mentioned David on Sunday, right? David understood this thing. Go and read the Psalms. There was nothing he didn't discuss with God. Access. But in everything, you ask him questions. You tell him things. You wait on him. You, you tickle him. You worship him. You praise him. You meditate on his faithfulness. That's what children, that's the relationship. He can't do that with the angels. He won't have that time for them. But he has that time for you and I. Come with me to Matthew 6. Matthew 6 from um, 24. Let's, you know, run through this and see. I hope it doesn't take too much of our time. It says, no one can serve two masters for either he'll hate the one and love the other or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither tall nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God... Now, notice the word there now. He's using the word God. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? God takes care of his creation. Therefore now, look at it, therefore, based on that, this is the argument. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Who are the Gentiles? His creation. His creation. After all these things, the Gentiles sake, okay? But what happened? He said, but for your heavenly what? Father. Relationship changes now. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Your heavenly Father knows. He says, I have no father's child relationship with those people and yet i take care of them i created grass responsibility as creator i say to it now the gentiles that are hustling that are struggling for these things i can understand because all creation needs it but you are peculiarly related to me and i know you have need of it now he went for and now says this is the way you're going to get it he says 33 let's read it together everybody but seek first one the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now, let me break down that verse 33. That verse 33 is saying simply, 
You are my son, I'm your father. Be concerned with family business. You know, the Bible tries to say so many things in different ways. It said, be concerned with how I feel. I'm bothered, I'm taking care of you. So it, when he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says, I'm taking responsibility over you. Praise God. You're my child. So this is what you should occupy yourself with. Mind our own business. In fact, that place in Philippians 6 that we looked at, can you put verse 8 for me? 7 and 8. 7 says, and the peace of God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guide your hearts and minds through Christ. Now see what it says. It says, finally, brethren, what? Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything, it says what made, what's it say? It says you're a family member, think like us. Do you understand? The whole thing is connected. So when you see believers that are going through difficulties and they're saying there is one witch, let's see whether there is a witch there. Can you say any witch? They say near success syndrome. Is it true? How many near success did Joseph have? Praise the Lord, somebody. You see, we are children. It changes everything when you're a child. When you're a child of a family. It's amazing how many of us, if you, you know, I live in an estate, so when you see the children of, you know, non-Muslims, you see them, they are wearing trainers, they are wearing jeans, you know, they are wearing t-shirts and bouncing. When you see a five-year-old child of a malam, He's wearing kaftan with slippers. Seven-year-old, kaftan with slippers. Eleven-year-old, kaftan with slippers. Why? They are children of their... Do you understand? It's simple. You now belong to this family. He said, don't worry about... Worry about the family business. Worry about the family... He says, he says seek ye first the kingdom of God. Says, worry about the family name. Worry about the interest of the father. It says, I've made all things for what? For my pleasure. So it means then that everywhere you are found, everywhere I'm found, my primary goal and desire is to make him happy, not to survive. That's why the three Hebrew boys could say to the king, Oh, king, we are not careful to answer you. We are not sent on a journey of survival. We are sent on a journey of giving pleasure to our father. Ours is to make him happy. His is our deliverance, our preservation, and all of that. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we have these things, and as we look at them and understand them, and value them, because it's important we value them. Ephesians 3.12, let's look at Ephesians 3.12 quickly. It talks about the access and boldness that we have, or boldness and access we have. It's talking about our Lord Jesus. You can put 11, please, as well. 11 as well. 11 together. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom, in Christ, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. As members of the family, there is an assurance. You see, if care is not taken, it might almost, you know, get into being pompous. You know, family, pedigree makes people behave somehow. That's what, but because of the spirit of the father, we can't be like that. But this is what he's saying here. In him, we have what? Boldness. And we have access with confidence. Boldness. Access with confidence. Why? The father and I are in the same family. Praise the Lord. 
And now let me mention something in passing. Brethren, this is the only thing the devil wants to attack. He wants to take away that boldness. Let me tell you. Let nobody deceive you. You see, sin. Sin is a boldness killer. No matter what anybody tells you. Sin is a boldness word. Killer. You don't need to know Bible to do it. Your father travels and says, don't touch that, um, maybe is, um, what, what, what are those things that we touch that we shouldn't touch that? He said, the car, thank you. Praise God, thank you. Okay, so you try as much as you would to drive out the car and come back. But there is one signature scratch that is on it. And you come back and pack it. Your father comes back. Everybody is happy your father is back. You're, you're not really happy. <laughs> you know? And unfortunately for you, for the next two weeks, the man doesn't see the scratch. For that next two weeks, you have problem. Anytime he calls you, you want to run away. The man is calling you to give you what you brought back. You want to run. You know why? He doesn't know you have sinned, though, but you. So boldness has gone. You don't even want to meet with him again. That's why the enemy tries to make believers to sin. There's nothing else. But the measure of God says, if we confess our sins, is what? Faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our iniquities. But let me tell you something. Sin that you deliberately commit continuously, you don't confess it is in you. You know these things are very tricky. Very, very tricky. The sin you confess easily is the sin that trips you. Let me tell you what you do with the other sin. You defend it. You justify it. You excuse it. But whether you do all of that, that's your business, it will still affect boldness. It will affect confidence. And the enemy knows. And these are the things that reduce our enjoyment of this father-son relationship. So when a child of God is, is toying or is not actively pursuing a life of purity and righteousness, they don't understand the privileges of sonship. Imagine as you are now, you know, you know, you're going home or you go to work tomorrow. And God forbid, as you're about to enter the office, somebody just falls inside of you and starts vibrating like this. You see, there's a type of relationship you have finished with your father in the morning. You just tell everybody clear. You've never raised the dead before. But you say, in the name of Jesus. You know why? Ah, I'm in touch with my father. The network is working. Have you? But there is a way things will be. Even if they call you, they say, brother, brother. He say, no, this is Mr. Brother Subike, no, Mr. Subike, please. You don't want to be brother because they say there is one sister manifesting there. You know, she's, she's doing like snake. Say, who gave you my number? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because at that point, you're not standing fully in the family business. Praise the Lord. What is the family business? Light. For this reason, the Son of God was manifested that he might do what? Destroy the works of darkness. So this, this whole thing is connected. Everything is connected. Anyway, so we have this access as children of God. And that access is given to you and I to be able to access everything we need. Everything. So we've talked about healing. Yes. Boldness. Yes. Power. Yes. Provision. Yes. Prosperity. Yes. Wisdom, yes. Access. Access. You read the Old Testament, you see how people took advantage of it. Daniel went into Babylon. Listen, you know, we read the Bible and let's, you know, when we take a story in the Bible, let's ask the Lord to put us in the picture. Daniel had no precedence. 
that if you came into a foreign place and you did not defile yourself, you will excel. He had no precedence. But you see, he had access. So when he knew that he should not defile himself, he knew that one. And when they said, if, this, if you don't eat this thing, you're going to die or you're going to put us in trouble. When he said, test us, you know what he did? He went to the father, access, and said, daddy, sure, that thing you said I shouldn't eat, they're eating it here. And I've told them I won't eat it. But the man said that he's going to test us for 10 days. I suggested, please, Lord, make me what? Fatter and fresher. Access. It's not a prayer that somebody wrote that you're praying. It's a prayer in situation. You know, that's why I don't write prayers. Eh? He now went and said, Daddy, see what is going on here. So the father said, 10 days. Okay. You know, those wrinkles, those pimples that are on your face, even these 10 days, I'll remove them. Daniel appeared after 10 days. Ah, they say, sure. This thing is working. So the man said, we continue. As they went on and on, even they standing out in the exam, is access. He said, look, we have honored you here. We have told them about you. We have boasted about your name. Some of us are working in office. When you sit your colleagues down, tell them about the greatness of your God. When there is a promotion exam, go back to God and say, Daddy, I have told these people that wisdom, understanding, knowledge is with you. I cannot fail you. Please, Baba, help me. That's what access is. It's continuous. It's a relationship. What is this now? Simply, seek first the kingdom and what? All these other things shall be added. Everything. I mentioned on Sunday about marriage. Yes, Lord, listen. God, you know that this is my husband. There is something in his head. But you see, you have said, wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. The Lord. Lord, you know my husband is not like the Lord at all. Anyway, but please, I am like Sarah. I'm a godly woman. Help me to submit to this man. Do you think he will help you? Access. You submit for the first day, the man is still a beast. You go to the father and say, this submission, this man is getting worse. The next day, God will give the man a dream. Maybe give him a knock in his dream. Say, if you, if you mistreat that woman, you think God can do it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Access. But what do you want? That's a problem. Do you want to please him? Do you want to promote the family values? Do you want to advance the family business? With this access, everything can be sorted out. And that's what is given to us. That's the greatest privilege we have on this side of eternity as children. And you know what? That's the thing the world doesn't have. You know the Bible says the prayers of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. When they call, it's irritating to him. But when you call, in fact, let me show you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me show you some scriptures that, that, that will excite you. Revelation 5, somebody turn to Revelation 5, 8. Another person, Revelation 8, 3 and 4. Quickly, let me show you some things. You see, because th- these things are part of the faith, but because of lack of understanding, we think they're against us. Revelation 5, 8, what does it say? It says, when they're taking the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before them, each having a harp. And look at the, it says, golden bowls, what? Full of incense, which are what? The prayers of the saints. If you're here as a parent and you've had a child that traveled far, when they send you a message, you keep it. They don't write letters these days. Those days our parents will keep letter that our brothers wrote from the US. The prayers of the saints. After some time, they'll bring it out and read. Go, look at where they will so, they also say, look at where I stored the prayers. He said golden bowls. Golden bowls. That's how precious 
your conversation with him is. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how precious. So when believers don't like to pray, you see where the problem is. How many things did you do on earth that you see in heaven? Our praises, the heavens receive it immediately. Say, offering the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, okay? But can you see your prayers there? You can send your prayers. So next time you come for midway, come by 5.30 and pray. It will be stored up for you. Praise the Lord. They will say, ah, this child is here. This child is here. Ah, this precious one is there. Praise the Lord, somebody. The same thing Revelation 8, you know, tells us as well. Revelation 8, 3 to 4, you know, it says the same thing. So we can just leave that. So as I round up, I want to encourage us as children of God. Let's enjoy this privilege of access. Privilege of access. I don't want to call it prayer since it frightens us. But the privilege of access. One of the things that I tell people when I minister to them salvation you know, one-on-one. I say, when you go home tonight, the way I spoke with you, you can speak to God from tonight as your father. First Peter 3 verse 12. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. Tonight, God will hear you. Let's bow our heads as we go to him in prayer. I don't know what it is you want to ask him. But you can ask him anything and everything. You can even go to just say thank you that I'm your child. Thank you. Thank you. Behold what manner of love. I'm going from church tonight with this awesome privilege that I'm your child. I thank you. I may be unemployed, but I'm your child. I may have, you know, nobody that really celebrates me. But I know your eyes are upon me. I know that you know my name. I know that you're concerned about me. I know that the things that touch me, they touch you. I don't even have to tell you. For your eyes are on me. You are mindful of me. I want you to tell him, Lord, you are beautiful. There is, you are excellent. Lord, help me. To master the family business. So that I won't be torn. To and fro. Like the Gentiles. I have a father. One of the fundamental things our Lord Jesus taught us in the prayer. Is we don't pray just to God. He said when you pray. Pray to your father. Say our father. Tonight. Tell him daddy. Tell him, Baba. Call him, You know, go to him. Whatever it is. Your prayers are so dear. Not only will he hear, not only will he answer, he says he preserves it. Amplified to say it's beautiful fragrance. It's fragrant spices begin to thank him he's almighty there's nothing he cannot do this our father is a miracle working God this our father
to him tonight. Talk to him. And even when we round up the service, just put a pause on it and let the conversation continue. Because of finances, 
O Lord, you said to Peter, let us not offend. I speak over this house. Everything causing shame and offense. Daddy, intervene. 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 For the family name. Make means available. That your children may raise their heads high. We thank you, our Father. Lord, there are desires that are very deep. You say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We thank you for exceeding even some things that your people are asking of you. Someone is looking to you for power to be a witness. Lord, that is what you want us to be. We just appreciate you. We love you, Lord. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' name we worship. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.